Ho. Welcome back, everybody. Back. It's Bonnie. Tuesday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is Tuesday when they're hearing this. Yeah. What are we doing? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> we welcome back to episode 60, 60 of the ah. Below Average Joe's MMA podcast. Today, we are previewing hashtag UFC Fight Island 8 headlined. <laughs> By a big scrap at welterweight, Michael Chiesa, Neil Magny, Dominic Salee, how you doing? We're recording on a Monday. Episode going up on a Tuesday. I'm confused, just to be honest with you. But you know, this is one of those cards where we really get to dig into some lesser known guys and gals. Mm -hmm. And those are the ones that we live for here on this podcast, if I'm being honest. Yeah, it's really true. I mean, we love the big fights like everybody else. Of course. But as podcasters is now people that are given a platform that's meant to inform the public part of the media (laughs) right (laughs) now we have a responsibility to do our homework on some of these lesser known fights and get you listening at home excited for them and i'm gonna be honest it's fun it is fun and we have a six fight main card and there are some great fights on there and some of the fights we're not even going to talk about from the prelims are really good Shout out to guys like Umar Namagamadov. He's going to be cornered by Habib. Mm. Then you got guys like Marcus Perez, the guy that always does the Joker makeup. Yeah, yeah. Then you got Sue Matareji. Be on the lookout for him, a young flyweight that looked fantastic in his last fight. Ricky Simone's fighting on this card. Perennial. The headliner of the prelims, Omar Yakhmadov. That's a top 15 middleweight. Yep. Going up against Tom Breeze. The crafty vet. Yeah, so I'm I'm very excited to watch some of those. Hopefully, I'll get to watch most of them. You know, this is going to be happening while I'm working, so you know, I'll try to just kind of have it on in the background while I'm doing my thing. You know, not can't got I'm I got to be focused on my job. You know, I can't yeah. be yeah, yeah, yeah. can't be watching too many fights. I tell but, you, if we've got any listeners out in the West Coast, woo, you're in for an early morning, 9 a.m. on the West Coast. For what, the main card? I wonder what time that means it would be. So in Abu Dhabi, no, oh, in the UK, UK, I think they're five hours ahead of us. So they're getting like a 5 p.m. start time. Oh, okay. Which then is good for them. Good I mean, them. they always have to suffer through Yeah, that's why I always pay-per-view. know they're suffering with the pay-per-view, so I wasn't sure. But yeah, uh, we are like kind of halfway through our big yeah. six episodes in ten days. This, this will be the third, third. one, yeah. Um, yeah, back-to-back days here that we're recording. It's it's nice. It, it is Refreshing, especially yeah. when we did that whole month of just one a week. Yeah. Now we're just back into the groove. Fights are happening. News is happening. And more importantly, the podcast is happening. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we're, we're creeping very close to uh, Saturday's pay-per-view, Dom. Our very first time breaking down Connor. Our very first time breaking down Dustin. Our very first time breaking down Dan Hooker. Our very first time breaking down Michael Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have a blast. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. Amanda Hiva's first time breaking down her. Yep. Uh, if you guys haven't yet, go check out. If you follow me or Dom on Twitter or Instagram, or maybe even if you follow the podcast, I don't know if you've shared it on there. Uh, Dominic did a breakdown of Amanda Hiva's and Marina Rodriguez with Overtime Heroics. Yep. Uh, obviously, Dom is now a part of the MMA elite. <laughs> yeah. He is now a writer for Overtime Heroics. We're very proud of him here on this podcast. It's all, it's all because of them. It was you know, great, yeah. you, the support. It was, it was a great breakdown. I really enjoyed listening to it, but I refused to listen to your prediction because I'm yeah, you, be you need to go all the way down to the bottom and then cover it up so yeah. you don't see my prediction. Yeah, I don't. But you I, see don't listen, else. I don't. I don't. I don't uh, read the prediction. I read your breakdown of each fighter, and it, it even informs me a little bit. 
It's fun. It's been fun so far. I look forward to expanding my experience. And you had a choice. You could have broke down yeah. McGregor Poirier if you wanted to, but yeah. you chose to do Amanda Hebas and Marina Rodriguez, and that shows your love for Amanda Hebas and Marina Rodriguez. That's true. I think. I'm a huge fan of Amanda, and uh, I can't wait to see her fight. But for Marina Rodriguez, she's a great fighter. Slept on, but you know this is number eight versus number nine. They're kicking off the main card. I personally can't wait for that fight. I think you surprised yourself from what you told me when you were writing. You wrote more about her than Amanda. Yeah, and as a whole, this preview breakdown of them two actually was longer than my Holloway Cater breakdown. Yeah, who would have saw that coming, right? It's just Not a, me. well, that's kind of the way it goes when you're doing fighters that are. Yeah, sure, Amanda's got some big star potential. Marina's obviously mm-hmm. a top fifteen ranked, but. They're lesser known than Max and Cater at this yeah, point. Yeah. So it's kind of necessary to make Gotta those a know. little longer. You know, there's not a, there's less uh there's less that you can just leave on the cutting room floor and right. be like, oh, everybody knows that already about them. You know, you, you got to kind of show them the careers. I mean, they're yeah. both young in their career. Yeah. I can't wait for that fight. Yep. But we're not there yet. Obviously, we got a big card Wednesday. Yep. Originally scheduled to be headlined. <laughs> By uh, Leon Could Edwards and Hamzat Chemaev. That fight got moved to uh, March. But luckily, we did have a big co-main here that's being propped yeah. up to main event. This will be five rounds, correct? Yes, and this is an important fight for that it division. Is. For both of these guys. For both of their careers, this yeah. is huge for both of them. Because I have compared these two yep. yeah. multiple times on this podcast. In that they are both guys who will look damn good, damn impressive, right when you start to buy into them and they get placed in that kind of... That one big fight. That big fight where it's like, if you win this, you're in title contention area. They falter and yeah. lose. And, and now it's <laughs> that point again for both, yeah. and they're fighting each other. Yeah, so it makes a lot of sense. I'm very excited for both these guys. I think it's a big fight for both of them. And basically what this means is it's going to be a draw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but we will get to that later. There's no news no this news. episode. If you want news, uh, go, go watch to, yesterday's yeah, episode. Yeah. Um, so we're going to jump right into breaking down these fights here. We start. Six fights. Six baby. fights. We start at featherweight. Lerone Murphy going up against Douglas Silva de Andrade. Dominic, you got some work to do here. Yeah, some featherweight action. Uh, Lerone is 9-0 and with one draw, six KOTKOs. He's 1-0 and in the UFC with the draw as well. Uh, he did have a win over Ricardo Ramos via TKO, and that draw that he had was with Zubaira Tuhugov, which we've mentioned is fighting this week. Uh, and all six of those KO TKOs for Lerone have came in the first round. For Douglas, 26-3, 19 KO TKOs, one submission, 4-3 and three in the UFC, been in there with some tough competition. He's got wins over Cheeto Vera yep. uh, via unanimous decision, and also formerly one of the best fighters pound for pound in the world back in the day. Hendon Burrell, that was also via unanimous decision. And then losses to Zubaira Tuhugov via decision. Got submitted by Rob Fon, as funny as that is, the yeah, boxer from the New right. England cartel. And then got TKO'd by the bantamweight champion, Pewter Jan. 11 of his 20 finishes have came in the first round. This is a fun fight to start the card. I agree, and it's uh, a fight where, look, you know what uh, Andrade is going to try to do here. Yeah. Guy's got 26 wins, 19 of them are by knockout. He's a very short but just stout. Mm. I mean, that man is like built like a brick shit house. Like the dude's just fucking jacked. Like beast. Yeah, so he's he's definitely going to be that kind of guy that 
puts his head between his arms and just like he'll he'll try to block everything to the head and just throw some huge overhands and things like that. For Lerone Murphy, there's less known about him here. Like, what are we going to see here? But it's another guy who TKOs a lot of That's people. That's true. Less of a sample size. Yeah. You know, 9-0 and and 1. So, 10 professional fights going Versus up against 29. 29. It's almost triple. And Andrade, I would have even said at one point in time, very underrated. I mean, mm-hmm. those three losses are against, you know, Takugov has yet to really take that leap. But Takugov has shown a lot of promise. Yeah. While fun, Rob Peter Font Jan, and I mean, Peter Yan, Peter Yan champion. Yeah. Rob Font. Now top five. Now top five and coming off his biggest win of his career. Uh, he, you know, I would go as far to say Andrade is a very underrated fighter. A guy who's never really been top 15, but you look at his record, you look at, you know, not just his losses, but a win over a guy like Marlon Barra. Mm-hmm. That's very impressive. However, the man's 35 now. He's 35 and you've seen kind of, even though he's... We have this is the first time we're seeing him since November 2019. Mm-hmm. He beat uh, Henan Brow, like you mentioned, and really that's been kind of the story. Since that fight, he's been less active. You know, he fought once in 2016, once in 2017, twice in 2018, once in 2019, and zero times no, in 2020. Yeah. So, I'm kind of thinking that we've seen the best of him already. As unfortunate as that is to say, while Lerone Murphy. You know, that guy being 29, being the much younger fighter, not only younger by age, you know, 29 versus 35, yeah. not, a, not a huge difference. However, fight years-wise, this guy's exactly. a lot younger. So, does Andrade kind of have the, is that a veteran yeah, quality going to show through? Yeah, and the veteran um, quality, like you said, and then just the fight quality as well that he's faced is obviously higher. Now... Real quick, just so people aren't too confused, this is at 145 pounds. The fights with Font and Peter Jan. What was kind of the career path for Andrade? Okay, so Andrade fought most of his career at featherweight. So he fought at featherweight all the way from his first professional fight in 2007 all the way until he lost to Takugov in 2014. So seven years. Then he goes to Bantamweight, beats Cody Gibson, Henry Briones, loses to Rob Font, beats Cheeto Vera, loses to Peter Yan, and then in his last fight he went, he went back okay. up so to did. featherweight and beat Henan Brow. Gotcha. That's been the career path. So in my head, um, you know, this also is not an easy guy to finish. I mean, three losses. Yeah. That doesn't lose a lot. Yeah. Two of his three via finish, one knockout loss, one submission loss, and that TKO was a corner stoppage, so not, you know, he got beat up. Yeah. Peter Yan's an excellent striker. Oh, so. yeah. I'm going Lerone Murphy here. I think he's going to be the faster guy, the more athletic fighter. I think that's going to show through here. However, I think I'm actually going to go via decision. I think Andrade might just be too have too bullheaded, too, right. just too much left to really get finished. But I think that speed's going to be tough to handle for him. I'm going uh, the opposite direction here. I'm Ooh. going with the veteran. I think it's going to pay dividends here with the experience, the, the level of competition. Uh, there's so many more fights. I think this is going to be a good fight, a good way to open a main card, but I'm going with Douglas Andrade here via decision. Yeah, I, I could totally see it going either way there. Um, a lot of it just depends on what kind of Andrade we're getting here. Mm-hmm. Even in his losses, he hasn't looked like bad. Right. And he's always a guy that just comes in ready to just knock someone's head off. But, um, yeah, you know, 35, fought 30 times professionally. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows? He could look electric out there, or he could 
look like he's taking a step backwards. We just have to wait and see. Now we get to our flyweight fight, and I got a, I got a bone to pick with Google here. <laughs> so our matchup here is Max Schnell going up against Tyson Nam. This is that flyweight. You know we're big flyweight we, we advocates. Are, we are kind of like you know you know how parents are very protective of their children, right? Yeah. We are like the mom and dad of, of the, the flyweight, flyweight division. division. Yeah. We we protect our little flyweights, yes, right? Yes. You know we don't we don't like when they when they get picked slandered on, on. And, yeah, slandered. So I'm I whenever this is a little bit pull back the curtain. <laughs> whenever we break down cards, I'll pull up every fighter's yeah. like, either if it's, they have a Wikipedia page or if it's like Sherdog or something like that. I so I looked up Max Schnell thinking that I could just search his name and yeah. it would pop up. That's not what popped up. <laughs> what actually popped up was Max Schnell from the movie Cars. Yeah. Yeah. So I just see start seeing all these animated cars pop up on my screen for Max Schnell. <laughs> okay, wait, wait. I have <laughs> I have one question here. I thought that the fighter's name is Matt Schnell. Oh, it is Matt Schnell. Ah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It makes more sense. How, but how, like... Wait, so there's only one way to find out here. Type in Matt instead of Max and see what shows up. Mm. Okay. <laughs> okay. We figured it out. Yeah, we, I think we figured out what the problem was there. <laughs> um, still. We're how, protective of them. How freaking, like, that's how protective we are. Yeah. Is that even when we, we were about to up, We were about know, to call out Disney and cars. I was about to literally hit up Google and be like... <laughs> Bro. What the fuck's going on here? But no, it is Matt now. Okay, okay. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry, Google. I'm sorry, Dom, for getting you all worked up. No, it's fine. Matt Schnell. We, we got to the bottom yeah. of it. <laughs> Matt Schnell, Tyson Nam at Flyweight. Go ahead. Yeah, so Tyson is 20 and 11. 12 KOTKOs, one submission. He's 2 and 2 in the UFC. Uh, those two losses, Sergio Pettis via unanimous decision, now in Bellator, and then Kai Car France were a big fan of his. Uh, also via unanimous decision, eight of those thirteen finishes have came in the first round for Tyson. For Matt, he's fourteen and five, two KO TKOs, eight submissions. He's four and three in the UFC with some really good competition. He's got wins over Luis Smolka via submission. Also submitted Jordan Espinoza, and then has lost to Rob Font. Funny enough, mm-hmm. and then that was via TKO, and then got KO'd by Alexandre uh, Pantoja, and then nine. Of his 10 finishes have came in the first round. This is another fun fight. And then I love that the flyweights can get on another main card no matter what day of the week it's on, you know? Yeah, true. Especially with these two, two crafty veterans, been in there with a lot of good competition. I see a really good, fast-paced battle here. I am going with Mr. Matt Schnell via decision, however. It's Matt Schnell, right? Yes, yes, Matt. Matt. So you said via decision? Yep. Ooh, yeah. Um, I totally see it going the same way. The flyweights constantly bring that fast-paced action. Mm-hmm. However, we have very much a stylistic uh, matchup here. In yeah, that, yep. Uh, Schnell being the guy who is much more apt to take things to the ground and submit you, while Tyson Nam is much more likely to finish it on the feet. And also, I guess on the reverse end of that, for Schnell anyways... 
He has been knocked out three times in his five losses, while Tyson Nam has never been submitted. That adds a bit of a layer yep, here to yep. this fight. Um, Schnell, you know, he's... The guys he's been knocked out by, Rob Va, Hector Sandoval, then Alexander... Alexandre. Alexandre. Alexandre, Alexandre Pantoja. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, all via first-round finish. Um, yeah, I really appreciate what Schnell brings to the table here and that he is a submission specialist. I mean, look how protective I was of him. Yeah, five yeah. Minutes ago. However, I think Tyson Nam is going to get a big win here. I'm actually going to go via first-round KOTK. Ooh, all righty, um, all right. It's, you know, it could totally not go that way. I mean, really, Tyson Nam doesn't have a ton of big wins on his uh, resume. His biggest was probably Ali Bogatinov. That's a guy who uh, had fought Demetrius Johnson for the belt back in the day, but that was also for Fight Night's Global 64 in 2017. In the UFC, he's 2-2. Two and two. Mm-hmm. He is a top 15 yeah. uh, flyweight due to his wins over uh, Adeshev and Jerome Rivera. But his bigger, well-known two biggest fights, fights for both Kai Kara France, Sergio Pettis, he lost both. But he looked impressive in his last two fights, both wins. One of them in 32 seconds, the other one 34 seconds into the second round. Now, I have one question here on Schnell before we get going to the next fight. Okay. The fight with Rob Font. Was Schnell up at 135 at it one point? It was his Bantamweight debut. And, and he returned to The one and only. Yep. Okay, cool. So... Yeah, that being a bantamweight also is kind of like maybe an asterisk on mm-hmm. it. Like, okay, he just wasn't big his enough. body wasn't yeah. big enough to hang with that. But the KO losses that flyweight speak exactly. for themselves. Yeah. Pantoja. Um, so I'm going to go Nam be a first round KO TKO. But I, I like that. I love a good knockout. But you know, it's it's kind of like one of those things where just because I'm predicting a first round finish doesn't mean I think he's world like you know elitely better than right. Schnell. It's just. I could totally just see him getting caught, and I think he'll have a harder time being able to hold Nam on the ground. Yeah. Now we move on. Roxanne. <laughs> Our women's fight on the main card. Women's flyweight action. The happy Ro- warrior. Roxanne Mataferi going up against Vivian Arruyo. Take it away. This is fun. This is interesting. So yeah. Roxanne, we've actually gotten to talk about her once before on the podcast. A true pioneer of women's mixed martial arts check the record here 25 wins 17 losses you're not going to find many other women's mixed martial artists professionally that have over 40 fights but here's roxanne she's got four kotkos five submissions she's four and four in the ufc and it's literally been a pattern loss win loss win loss win loss win we'll see if the pattern continues on wednesday She's got wins over Andrea Lee twice. Once was at Invicta back in 2014. That was via split decision. And then most recently, that was her last fight against Andrea Lee. That one was via unanimous decision. She also beat Antonina Shevchenko, Valentina's sister, if you did not know that, via split decision. And then took out the superstar, the future Macy Barber, via unanimous decision. Her losses were going way back to Mars. Bodog fight in 2006, a submission loss to Shayna Baszler. Also has lost to Sarah Kaufman uh, via KO, which was a slam back at Strike Force number nine in 2010. Lost to Raquel Pennington at the Ultimate Fighter season 18 
finale in 2013 via unanimous decision, has lost to Jennifer Maya, who just fought for the title at women's flyweight. Uh, she's lost her twice, once at Invicta FC 19 back in 2016. That was a split decision, and then once in the UFC via unanimous decision. Also lost to the very first women's flyweight champion, Nico Montano. That was a unanimous decision. Lost to Sajara Eubanks via unanimous decision. And then her last loss was against Lauren Murphy, also via decision. Lauren Murphy on a tear right now in that division. <clears throat> For Vivian, 9-2, 3 KOTKOs, 4 submissions. She's 3-1 and one in the UFC. She's got wins over Alexis Davis and Montana De La Rosa, both via unanimous decision. That lone UFC loss was to Jessica I, who's fighting at UFC 257. That was via unanimous decision. Four of her seven finishes have came in round number one. What are your thoughts on this fight? Um, I like this fight. I like it quite a bit. You've got Roxanne, who is kind of a low-key pioneer for women's MMA. I think she's, after the Macy Barber win, I think she's kind of gotten that recognition a little more. While Vivian's much of this new wave, much of old school versus new school here when you're talking style-wise. You know, Roxanne is a grinder, man. She'll grind out a victory. Out of her 25 wins in her career, 16 of yeah. them by decision. She 17 losses, 13 of yeah. them by decision. 29 yeah. decisions. So you know that she can go three rounds. She's not going to get tired. Nope. Uh, for Vivian, Vivian, nine wins, seven of them being finished. Yeah. And very split. Three knockout, four submission wins. Um, she's looked damn good in her career. Mm-hmm. However... I know she had a loss before this, but that Jessica I loss was a bit concerning. She yeah. had some holes in her game. I was able to kind of dictate the pace of that fight. And while Jessica I is good, don't get me wrong, and that was when she was surging at yeah, that time, yeah. um, it just it, it definitely concerned me, especially when you're talking about, like, okay, when she's going up against someone who exceeds the experience that she has. Mm-hmm. It seems like maybe her fight IQ just isn't quite up to the level of some of these veterans. And who has a better fight IQ than Roxanne Roxanne. She's been there and done that. I have one question here, really quick. What is Roxanne's age off the top, if it's showing here? It is 38. And then, so if I'm not mistaken, Vivian, even though she's only got 11 fights, I'm pretty sure Vivian's actually 34, funny she enough. Is. She is. So that could be, you know, an interesting little factor here. Sorry, I cut you off. No, it's good. I I tend not to take too much into, into account their, yeah. the actual age. At it's least the fight years. Fight years matter more to yeah. me, I should say. However, Roxanne's got the fight years and, and she's got age. <laughs> yeah. So Vivian's going to be the much more... Like I kind of talked about in the first fight, she's going to be the faster fighter. She's going to be the more explosive fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, she's obviously going to be the fighter who's going to be more, got that like killer instinct, yeah. looking for a finish type thing. But is it going to matter if Roxanne is just such a, on another level when it comes to her intelligence in the fight game mm-hmm. and being able to make those mid-fight adjustments? I have a hard time with this one. It might sound like I'm leaning Roxanne, but I'm actually going to go with Vivian Arruyo here by a, via decision. I agree. That's what I'm going now, with. Now, I, I was very tempted to get a finish for her here, but um, Roxanne, man, she just doesn't get finished very All much. eight UFC fights have been decisions. Yeah, so, and she's fought some tough-ass yeah. women in that in these divisions. I mean, wasn't finished by Lauren Murphy or Jennifer Maya or Sajara Eubanks or Nico Montano. Yeah. You know, it's it's uh it's really hard to finish her. Four of her seventeen losses via finish. So yeah. 
Um, Vivian, if there's someone who can do it, Vivian can. But I do think, again, kind of like what I said in the first fight, I think that explosiveness, that speed, and the fact that she's very well-rounded talent-wise, she can take the fight to the ground. Yep. She can stand. And Roxanne's a little bit more one-note as a fighter. She doesn't have much interest in staying on the feet. Yeah, she definitely wants it on the ground, that's for sure. But I'm just not even 100% sure if her going to the ground is even going to work out for her. You know, it's Vivian's very... She's, she looks for those openings and will pull off a submission if she has to. Yeah, and I mean, this is an important fight. Roxanne is ranked 8th, Vivian yeah. ranked ninth, And then we've got Jessica I and Joanne Calderwood, 6 and 7, fighting on Saturday. Mm-hmm. There could be some fights coming of these two, uh, for all we know. So this is important. Don't let it slip your mind yeah. here. Rank fighters on this card uh, all over the place. So. Completely agree, but I'm excited for that one. We'll see what happens there. Now this one, this is the one. <laughs> Dominic's got a lot to say about this fight. So we're at light heavyweight now. Isaac Villanueva going up against Vin- Vin- Vinicius That's Morera. That's a badass name. Vinicius. Vinicius. Morera. Now, obviously most of you probably just went, who are those guys? We're about to let them and know. Dominic's going to let you know right now. Yeah, so Isaac is 17 and 11, 14 KOTKOs. He is 0 and 2. In the UFC, he's got losses to Chase Sherman via TKO, uh, Jordan Wright via TKO. Also lost to Trevin Giles back at LFC 59. Uh, that was in 2016 via submission. All 14 of Isaac's finishes have came in the first round. Ten of his 11 losses have came via finish. Okay, on to the blue corner. Vinicius is nine and four. One KOTKO, eight submissions, sound the alarm, that's nine for nine. <laughs> Perfect finish rate, 100%. He's technically 0-3 in the UFC, but he has a win on the Contender Series, so I'm going to say he's 1-3 and and be nice. Right. He's got losses, man, killer's row, by the way, in these fights in the UFC. Got TKO'd by Alonzo Minifield, KO'd by Eric Anders, and then submitted by Paul Craig. All top competition there. Six of his nine finishes have came in the first round. All four of his losses have also came via finish. Someone is going to sleep in this fight, Noah, and it's going to happen relatively quickly. I mean, we would think, right? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, There's no way this fight is going to be boring. There's a reason this is on the main card. Exactly. Because on paper... They are combined 0-5 in the UFC. It's on the main card for a reason, damn it. On paper... Dare I say one of those O's has got to go in the reverse way. <laughs> I'm just one saying. Of those O's is, oh, I'm just man. saying. Yeah, on paper, this is a bit of a shit sandwich of a fight. It could be a fun one. But that's why I think this fight could be a lot of fun. I think this definitely has the potential to be a wild brawl. Yeah, yeah. I think this is going... I think this is going to be done and done early, first round. Yes, and yes. I'm going, uh, and I think Isaac Villanueva is the one swinging the hammer. Yes, I agree. In the wise words of uh, Chael Sonnen back in the day. <laughs> We're both going Villanueva first round KOTKO. So. Yeah. Um, for Morera, I do want to give him a little bit of respect. Uh, his three losses have been a killer's row, like you said. Alonzo Menafield, yeah, Eric Anders, Ooh. Paul Craig. But. Even though those are very t- very stout competition, all first-round finishes. Yeah. yeah. So, obviously, that's showing he's not on that level. But it's like, okay, what level is he on? 
well, he's better than John Allen Arte. Well, yeah. Arte lost his last fight. You yeah. Know? Is he really UFC caliber? I don't think so. See, and it's crazy because when you look at that competition, it's like, you know, when you win on the Contender Series, they're throwing you into the Wolves. Yeah. The fact that they did it boom, boom, boom is surprising to me. But, hey, I mean, they clearly saw something in him, but he just hasn't lived up to it since Contender Series. No, it's 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 on yeah it man I mean they really loser have, here could be on the chopping truthfully up. they must have really saw something in him man. right away to give him guys like Metafield and after losing go okay we'll put you in a step down yeah Eric Anders former Alabama linebacker yeah yeah a guy who's headlined a fight night before yep. and then after that go okay we'll give you a step down and top fifteen light heavyweight <laughs> Paul Craig uh, you know it's like part of me almost wants to pick him yeah. just because. He's had a tougher go of it, but Villanueva's had his tough. I mean, Jordan Wright's still a very tough prospect. Yeah. Chase Sherman is no slouch. And then you even uh, you mentioned uh, Trevin Giles. Yeah. That was a long, long time ago, but still, even Justin Ledette's a guy who's fought in the UFC. Um, yeah, it's this fight could. This is another fight that again could go either way. Villanueva's definitely going to be the I would say bigger fighter here. Well. Moreira is actually taller, but he's a bit lankier. Yeah. Uh, while Villanueva is a bit thicker. bit thicker of a guy, I think that knockout power is just going to be too much. That's that's the way I'm leaning. Right this now. is our fight to watch out for on the main card for sure. Yeah, it could also go really poorly. And it could be a really boring ass fight, right? Never know. Kind of like uh, Carlos Felipe and uh, what was that? Uh, the guy who had lost uh. to Greg Hardy. Jorgen DeCastro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We thought that. Remember, we were like, oh, this fight has to be. be crazy. This fight has to end in a knockout, right? Yeah, it did. It was boring as fuck. <laughs> Anyways, co main event time. Big one. Munir's back, baby. Uh, This is my prediction for fight of the night. Ooh, I may just have to agree with that, yep. potentially. Welterweight action. And that's actually the same for the, uh, the main event, yep. too. Worley Alves going up against Munir Lazez. If you watched our episode talking about the documentary yep. that the UFC did on, it was called Fight Island Declassified. Um, Munir was a was a fixture on there for like an episode and was featured on there for a reason. Yeah. You know? So uh, let go ahead and uh, take it away. Yeah. So Munir's ten and one. He's fighting out of the Dubai, you know, the UAE region over there. He's got eight KOTKOs. He's one and zero in the UFC. That win was against Abdul Al Hassan via unanimous decision. They got fight of the night, if I'm not mistaken. It was an awesome uh, at fight. fight Island, uh, and then five of those eight KOTKOs have came in the first round. For Warley, he's 13 and four, three KOTKOs, six submissions. He's seven and four in the UFC. So this is fun. He has wins over Alan Joban, Noah's guy. That was unanimous decision. I do like decision. Joban a lot. Now, now check this here. Submitted in the first round. How long into the first a round? A minute, 26 seconds. A minute, seconds. 26 seconds into the first round. Guillotine? Yep. Guillotine submission victory over Colby Covington. The only one of two men to have ever defeated Colby Covington, Warley Alves. On the and, then Colby, <laughs> and, then, and then Colby goes on a tear, though. He gets to tear. fight for a title, and the only other guy he's lost to is freaking Kamaru Usman. Yep. It's crazy. And then uh, has a win over Sergio Marais. That was via KO. He's lost to uh, Brian Barbarena. Love saying that last name. Via unanimous decision. Has lost to the current champion, Kamara Usman, via decision. And then got TKO'd by James Krause. 
and has a submission loss to Randy Brown. I think that was his last fight. Yep. Uh, and then four of his nine finishes have came in the first round. You know, that's a very tough uh, run for him. You know, it's it, you see the kind of 500 career mm-hmm. he's had after the Colby win. He beat Colby Covington. He was 10-0. Yeah. Since then, he's went 3-4. and four. But those four losses are all very stout mm-hmm. competition. I mean, Barbarina, Usman obviously being the champion, Krause, and Randy Brown. Those yeah. uh, three of those four being more pr- prospects or kind of in that – in that range, you know, Barbarina's had tough fights with, um, oh, what's that? Oh. Uh, Vicente Luque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was on the first ESPN card, and um, they had like a fight on fight of the night type, amazing fight. And if you've ever seen James Krause fight, yeah, he's James never Krause. in a boring fight. Yeah. And then Randy Brown, much of the same mold. He's yeah. went up against guys like um, uh, Nico Price. And, yeah, he's fought recently too. Yeah, he has. He's been staying pretty active. Uh, we haven't seen Worley Alves in over a year, so November 2019, kind of been the – I've seen a few of those on this card. Yeah. Munir, this was the guy, if you, if any of you heard the story – Love this. About Dana White, I believe it was for his son's birthday. Was yep. out to eat with his son, some of his son's friends. One of his son's friends, I believe, has either got roots in the UAE or – I think his dad, like, works out there, so they mm-hmm. live there sometimes yeah. and whatnot. And so he was telling Dana, basically, like, you need to get this yeah. guy on a card because Munir, being from the UAE, a lot of his fights out in the UAE. And Dana said, fuck it. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> and he put him up against Abdul Razak yeah. al-Hassan, who yeah. I know got knocked out very swiftly in his fight with Chaos Williams, but a guy who was on... I think who's... al-Hassan, going into this fight, was undefeated. Before Lizette, he right? might have been. He was the one that I don't know if he was undefeated, but he was top prospect, man. I mean, well, he was a, well, he was a guy. He was a guy who's so, so explosive, but he had to take a long time off. Yeah, due to the fact that he had some legal troubles and, and a lot of his wins that came via KO. I think all of them, as a matter of fact. Yep, for all, all ten, and he's got. He wasn't undefeated. He had lost to Omari Akhmedov okay. via split decision, but he was ten and one going into this yeah. fight. Munir gets hurt very early, mm-hmm. and Al Hassan, being that explosive killer instinct, fight was awesome. He was going in for the kill, and Dana said he's watching. He's going, "Oh my gosh, what did I do? Yeah, like maybe I shouldn't have listened." But then Lazez comes back, and they have just a wild fight. But Lazez gets the win, and what rightfully so, and he looked damn good after being hurt early on. Which fight island card was that? Was that Whitaker Till? <sighs> no, I think that was before. That gotcha. Was, uh, actually, it's on Cater versus Eagle. Oh, it was the very first Fight Island card, yeah. or the first fight night on Fight yeah, Island. I exactly. should say. Exactly. So, this is the first time we're seeing him since then. Warley Alves again been relatively didn't see him in 2020. Been a little inactive, but again, I think Munir is much in that same range right now as a Randy Brown, as a James Krause. He's in that prospect mold, and. Can Alves, certainly Alves can do some damage here and get a win, nine finishes and uh, 13 wins. Yeah. But I think Munir is going to have the upper hand here. I definitely am siding. I'm siding with a lot of the young guys on this card, and uh, that's not going to change here. I mean, Worley Alves is only 30 years old. Yeah. What is Munir? Actually, Munir's older. He's 33. Wow. He's 33. See, this is, again, I'm yeah. going less off the actual yeah, age and more sure. off the fight years. But yeah, Munir, the older guy, but he's in his physical prime yeah, right now. Yeah, he is. I'm going to go via a third round Ooh. KOTKO. 
Okay. I, I think we're going to get a really good fight here. I, I, I am going to go fight of the night. I'll do it with you. Yeah. I'll go fight of the night, lose uh, Lazez and Alves. I've got Munir taking a decision similar to the fight with Al Hassan. Maybe not quite as crazy and hectic as that one, but this is going to be a really good three-round fight, in I my agree. opinion. I agree. Now we move on. A very big main event. The main You can't event sleep on this main event. Of the evening. Of the morning, for us. <laughs> yeah. Also at welterweight, Michael Chiesa versus Neil Magny. You got a lot on this fight. Yeah, number eight versus number nine. Uh, Michael Chiesa, seventeen and four, eleven submission victories, ten and four in the UFC. Wins uh, over Ally Aquina via submission. Got a decision victory over Francisco uh, Trinaldo. Submitted Jim Miller. Uh, submitted Benil Dariush. We love that guy. Submitted Carlos Condit. Has a decision victory over Diego Sanchez, and then uh, a unanimous decision victory over Rafael dos Anjos is 3-0 and at welterweight since mo- making the move up from 155. Mm-hmm. He has losses to Jorge Masvidal way back in the early, like 2013 or something. That was via submission, funny enough. Uh, got TKO'd by Joe Lozon, submitted by Kevin Lee, and then also got submitted by Anthony Pettis. Five of those 11 submissions have come in the first round. Neil Magny, 24-7. and We've gotten to break him down once before. He's got seven KO TKOs, three submissions, 17 and 6 in the UFC. That was the same record Max Holloway had going in his fight with Cater on Saturday. I just want to say, not to cut you off, and that's very, I like that stat there. Dana White actually giving a shout out to Neil Magny yeah. in one of his interviews, saying that guy doesn't get the credit yeah. for being a guy like, you know, we gave a lot of credit to guys like Kevin Holland and to Hamzat for their willingness to just take fights week to week. Neil basically. wanted Hamza. And Neil was like the been, only guy that wanted of, him. And Dana even said Neil's been doing that for a long time. Yep. He's been a guy that's been always willing to step up. But go ahead and continue. Yeah, man. I mean, you couldn't have put it better. He's got wins over Tim Means, unanimous decision, split decision over Eric Silva, uh, split decision over Kelvin Gastelum, TKO'd Hector Lombard, a unanimous decision over Big Rig, Johnny Hendricks, decision victory over Carlos Condit, Decision victory over your boy, Lee Jing Liang, who we just saw on Saturday. Uh, decision over Anthony Rocco Martin. And then that most recent fight with Robbie Lawler. Dominated from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Unanimous mm-hmm. decision victory there. Both these guys riding three-fight win streaks coming into this main event. He's got losses to Sergio Marais via submission. Got submitted by Damian Maya, but who doesn't get submitted by Damian Maya? Right. He got TKO'd by Lorenz Larkin. Submitted by Rafael Dos Anjos. And then KO'd. Uh, with Santiago Ponzinibbio, who also just fought uh, this past Saturday. That's the last time that Neil has lost. That was late 2018, if I'm not mistaken. November 2018. So uh, this is one of the tougher fights that we've – I mean, I know it's only our second fight card breakdown of the year. This might be the toughest fight to choose so far out of the what is now 11 fights we've done so far. I just have a really hard time predicting how this fight's going to go. The yeah. one element that these two share that I think we'll see a lot of is clinch. Grappling, clinching. Yeah, I think sure. clinching is going to be a big part of this fight. Neil Magny constantly likes to close that distance. He loves doing that. It, and Kiesa, being such a good grappler, is going to welcome that wholeheartedly. Yeah. However... I, I'm not so sure who's going to really have the upper hand here. If it's Kiesa, I definitely think you're going to see him having a lot of top position, a lot of groundwork, a lot of getting Magny to the ground. If Magny gets the upper hand, I think it's going to be due to him 
being able to keep that distance closed, yeah. maybe put Magni up against the cage and just hitting him with some dirty boxing, things like that. Yeah. I, I, that's really the way I see this fight going either way. Um, not really much else to say there. Both these guys, again, very similar careers. I've compared them to each other so much. And now they're both on three-fight win streaks, yeah. both neck-to-neck, Neck the, and neck in the in the rankings. The next fight for the winner here is going to be a top five guy. This more is than likely. a beautiful uh, piece of matchmaking. Oh yeah, it is perfect. I'm going Michael Chiesa. I think Chiesa being the more I guess thicker guy. He's a he more, is big. He was he's big a, at lightweight. He, he's a, he's definitely a bigger guy, and Magny definitely has that. He definitely has a long. He's lanky. definitely long, lanky yeah. guy, but he doesn't. He's not a guy that really uses his yeah. reach, like I just said. He likes to keep things close yeah. um, you saw in the Ponzinibbio fight how uncomfortable he was when he they were because Ponzinibbio did such a good job keeping things at a distance yeah. I'm going Michael Chiesa I'm going to go via fourth round submission see yeah I mean I'm looking at their you know the resumes here and uh, Neil's got three losses in the UFC via submission as good of a grappler as he is, that doesn't necessarily mean you just defend every submission. Yeah, you know? And even true. for on Kiesa's end, he's been submitted three times as a submission specialist, just like Oliveira has been submitted a lot, even though he's... I think Neil Magny has more weapons. Yeah. But I think Kiesa... I think two, Kiesa has the strongest skill of the two. Yeah. His grappling is stronger yeah. than anything that Magny offers, and then, obviously, it's the strongest thing Kiesa offers. What, what do you think... Is going to happen if say they stay on the feet. How do you see the the striking battle going here? Or do you think they're just going to go immediately to the fence and we're going to see twenty five minutes of clinch work, grappling? I think it's going to be a lot of clinch. hardly any striking at if all. It, and that a lot of that depends on who is the stronger fighter. Mm. I lean towards Kiesa having that advantage, but Magny's kind of a he, he's kind of he kind of he surprises you. But the fight with Robbie, man. He what? has some he has some strength that you don't really see in how he you know his frame. Yeah. But a lot of that depends on who is the one forcing the other one against the cage. You know, is Magni gonna be able to hold Kiesa against that cage or is Kiesa gonna be able to constantly turn it around on Magni? So really on the feet, I think it's kind of a fifty fifty fight, truthfully. Oh, yeah. Just because again, even though I would say Magni's probably a better striker, yeah. The his style basically leads it to be a 50-50 because if Kies is going to strike that's kind of leading, playing into his hand a little bit well, and I almost wonder from a game planning perspective for each of these guys like is Neil going to want to be as clinch and grapple heavy knowing how good yeah, Kies is it's hard, you know? to, it's hard to say Oof. I'm only going off of what I've really seen from him at this point sure their game plans could be totally different but I'm, I'm sticking with the fourth round submission I think Kiesa ultimately his being that he has the best skill mm-hmm. of it, for a certain aspect of fighting out of the two, that's kind of where I'm leaning at. I think that'll pull through in the later rounds, especially. Neil Magny, unanimous decision. Nice. I, I oh, it's, this is tough. I'm very excited yeah. to see how this fight plays out. It really is a good main event. Don't sleep on this. It's important for both guys, and one of them is finally going to get the chance to crack through. And I think Magny's finally going to get it. Finally going to do it. He's thrown his name in the hat, you know, wanting to fight guys like Hamza on this. You know, he's been super active in the past, hasn't been as active recently, and I think he's wanting to get that going again. 
Maybe it's just time for Neil, you know? Both guys are 33 years old as well. This like, fight is so 50-50, so man. Yeah. Like, I even saw on uh, Verdict, the pe- where you predict the fights, you know, mm-hmm. we've talked about them in the past, 50-50 split. Everyone that's so far made the predictions for this fight, dead even at 50%. And you and me, you pick Yessa, I pick Magny. Yeah. I could totally see it this going is, either way. That is the fight, man. And Neil Magny, I want to give this stat out there too. He's also one of three guys to win five fights in a calendar year. Yeah. What year did he do that? I think it was 14, 15? You really put me on the spot there, Dom. It's 2014. 2014. Um, Been in the UFC for a while. The other two being Roger Huerta, who I believe was the first guy to be featured on a Sports Illustrated cover from MMA, and Kevin Holland, who did it this this previous year. year. So uh, he's an elite company there. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think if Neil gets the upper hand and wins this fight, yep. I think it's a decision. Yeah, for sure. I don't see Kiesa being finished, although Neil could. You know, I think when you have Kiesa, who is a strong grappler as he is, but he has been submitted yeah. quite a few times, I think that might be due to him being maybe overconfident. Mm. And he just kind of leaves himself open because he We've thinks... We've seen that before, for sure. Yeah. Like, him I think and it might the, be a guy, uh, the Pettis fight yeah, was big. The Pettis on, fight yeah. was big on him being just overconfident. Yeah, big time. And um, we've not seen him act like that since. And that's paid true. Dividends. And he's looked really good once he made that move to welterweight. Yep. So, yeah. Very excited for it, though. Man, yeah. That's a great main event. It, it really is. is. But, until then, you guys can check these fights out on Wednesday. What time did a fight start, Dom? Prelims... At 9 a.m. Eastern Standard, main card at noon. I believe it's actually going to be on ESPN. It's on ESPN. So, some midday action. Yeah. Just chillaxing and watching fights. Can't wait for that. You can also watch all of these on ESPN Plus, yep. per usual. That's how I'll be watching them if, whenever I find the time. In the day, <laughs> yeah. You know? um, but very excited to watch those. Uh, as for the rest of the week, Thursday, we will be recapping all the fights that we just talked about. And then Friday, we are previewing our first pay-per-view of 2021, UFC 257, co-main event, Dan the Hangman Hooker, going up against Michael Chandler, Mr. Bellator, yep. trying to show that he is the best lightweight in the world. What a tough, what a tough first test yeah, for him man. here. And then, main event, Conor McGregor, the rematch in the five years in the making, six, six years. years in the making, yeah. going up against Dustin Poirier for a second time, mm. winner likely getting a title shot next against two. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's gonna be us breaking that down on Friday. That, saddle in for that one. Yeah. <laughs> we and, are gonna go down just so many paths for that episode. I think, and then a week. From, well, I guess yesterday's episode, the day we're recording, at yeah. least a week from. Uh, we'll be recapping. All of the fights from UFC yeah. 257. Monday the 25th. Wednesday the 27th. We already talked about yep. it. The state of. Connor um, McGregor. Yeah. So be on the lookout for all of that. Uh, and we're obviously going to plug a lot of our social media stuff here. So make sure to follow us there. Check out Overtime Heroics. Don McSalee, an elite company now as a writer. <laughs> he is an MMA journalist officially. And he's a damn good one. So oh. be on the lookout for him. But Don McSalee. Till then, tell the good people where they can find you on social media. No, my friend, my co-host, thank you for the kind words. Yeah, of course. Find me on Twitter. Find me on Instagram, at DSLEE14. Uh, find the podcast on Twitter, on Instagram, at B-A-J underscore MMA 
podcast. And as for me, if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram at ntbaker underscore, you'll be taken to our link tree, which gives you the links to all the platforms that the podcast is on along with our social media platforms. That includes the Twitter, the Instagram, the YouTube channel, along with Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. It's all on there, baby. And there's a couple links for the Anchor page. First, record a voice message. That's something we want to hit hard in 2021. Do it. If you have an opinion on an upcoming fight or a fight that's already happened, if you have a hot take, if you have a thought on a news story. Episode ideas. Yeah, episode ideas. If you just want to say hi or tell us that we fucking suck, (laughs) do it there. And we'll put it on the podcast, dude. Come on now. So record it. That link is on that link tree. And there's a link if you want to become a supporter of the podcast. That just provides us with a few dollars a month. And all that money goes back into improving the quality of the podcast. Whether it be audio equipment or down the line doing a video podcast. So again, you can find all of that if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram at NTBaker underscore. But with that, we're out. And we're going to see you all on... Thursday? Uh-huh. <laughs>